Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Spring ahead, I guess. That's what is happening this weekend with uh, all that uh, time stuff. I hope that's got everybody adjusting and settling in well. Thank you very much for listening to Unbecoming of Age. I am Colin Flynn, one of your co-hosts. And I am John mm, Craig. How's it <laughs> going? director, senior vice president of East Coast Operations. Is that right? I, I did, yeah, I listened back. I was like, I think he was yanking my chain. No, it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing? I'm going to get cards made up. Oh, man, I have sprung. I have sprung ahead. You sprung right ahead, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, it did not go well this morning. Um, did you have some somebody, place? Yeah, you needed to be, I guess, apparently, yeah? Unfortunately. So my my daughter, Kylie, is in a dance school and has been in the same dance school for probably nine or ten years. Something like that. And okay. they have a sleepover once a year. And uh, it's at the dance studio. So it's uh, a, a good portion of the of the girls uh, bring their you know their sleepwear and and they stay up until five o'clock in the morning. Now sure. when you're pushing the clocks ahead, that's like six o'clock in the morning, and then they they sleep like an hour or two. So yesterday when I dropped her off at seven o'clock seven p.m. before we pushed the clocks ahead, she said, "You have to pick me up at seven. I, I heard her say 7 a.m. I said, wait, wow. you're going to, you're, you go to sleep at 5 and I have to pick you up at 7? It's not a lot of sleep for you girls, you know? I ended up getting home relatively, I don't know, I stayed up pretty late. I think I fell asleep watching Sneaky Pete or something. I don't even know. Maybe that was two nights ago. I'm so, it's a blur. And I think I fell asleep around 3.30, 4 o'clock, the new time. And I woke up maybe 6.45. I I was lucky if I got three hours of sleep. And I showed up an hour early. Pickup was at 8 <laughs> o'clock because the hour was... So I was basically in my car for like an hour and 45, two minutes, even though I was only 10 minutes because what, what was I going to do? Go, go back to the pool house and sleep and then miss picking her up? Yeah, it wouldn't, yeah. It's like, it would, come on. It made sense, yeah. Yeah, so I ended up, uh, and then I ended up coming back. Um, well, first we got some we got bagels, and then uh, we came back. Kylie went into the house, up to her room. I'm not really, I'm not the camel. I'm not allowed in the house, really. Um, <laughs> but I'm in the pool house. And uh, and then I uh, I think I fell back asleep around 9 o'clock, new time, and woke up around one thirty. And my head, I don't know, man. I'm not tired, but I'm a little jostled. Yes. You know, that does jostle so. you, I think, in a major way. Tori, our uh, oldest, still at home yet. Uh, she had she did uh, sleepover the night before last, and uh, there was like five girls there. And her phone is kind of her iPhone is kind of done something weird. It's it'll work works fine on Wi-Fi, but if she gets away from the house, uh, it just goes into this loop thing where it, it wants to like reboot and it wants to stop and and uh, shut down. And does it actually shut down? It does shut down, but then it'll come back on uh, if you let it, and it will stay on for a little bit, but then it wants to shut back down again, unless you're on Wi-Fi, and then it works fine, which oh, wow. 
Yeah, it's very weird. So, uh, but anyway, long story short, short story long, she was uh, at this party and I was going to pick her up in the morning because uh, the mom had to be somewhere at nine o'clock. So uh, I go over there and uh, I haven't met the mom. Uh, Rachel has uh, talked to her quite a bit, but I knew where the house was pretty close to here. And uh, I get over there and uh, mom had already left uh, by the time I got there. I didn't really know that. But um, I go up to the, uh, they've got like a f- enclosed front porch and I go into the, you know, through the first door and it, up to the second door and ring the bell and uh, nothing. And I ring the bell again, nothing. And uh, so then I do the, I'm thinking, I'm just being a little pushy here, but I'm going to do the double ring, the ding, ding, you know, double ring and yeah. nothing, nothing. And I'm like, God, am I in the right house? What's going on? I can't text her because she, her phone's not, not happening. And so I'm thinking, God, this has got to be right. So I get on the doorbell again, ding, 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 ding. And I'm thinking, if the kids are here, they've got to be hearing this because it's coming in loud and clear where I'm standing. And uh, so I get, I text Rachel. I'm like, do you have any way of getting hold of them? Do you know what's going on? And so um, she texts the girl's mom, who's not in the house, who texts the girl that had the sleepover. And we're playing this, you know, literally a telegram game here. And so they, they were actually in the house. They just didn't hear me ringing the bell. They were uh-huh. upstairs. And for some reason, I'm standing out there like a... <laughs> An idiot just trying to figure <laughs> Start out. Start throwing rocks uh, yeah, out the window. Like pebbles up on the window. Hey, come yeah. on out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit much, but I wasn't wasn't late. I, I always do okay with the time change thing. I'm 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 pretty huge on. Uh, I think my circadian rhythm is pretty locked in. I, I I almost never use an alarm clock to wake up. It's a rare thing. Even if I got to get up at like some stupid hour in the morning. I can always manage to wake myself up. You know, I'm not like that. Typically I set my alarm. I set like seven alarms. Um, like I'll snooze. I'm like, I'll, I'll call a friend on the West coast. I got to get up really stupid early. If you're still up, like, can you call me? Um, <laughs> do all kinds of crazy shit, you know? Uh, and I, I had to drive, uh, someone to the airport on Friday morning and the pickup time was 4am. Now, I was, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what time I set my, oh, I think I set my alarm for like 2.50 a.m., 2.57, 3.02, like I'm all over the place, you know, because I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut one off, I'm going to snooze it, like I make sure that the volume's up all the way, you know, I'm like, fuck, it's not on vibrate. I don't know how. I woke up at 2 a.m., boom, just like that, wide awake, ready. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I went to sleep relatively early for me, which is, uh, that may have had some impact on it. And, uh, yeah, but rare, rare that I'm, I'm a night person, so I can be up all night. Uh, but my ex-wife is a morning person and she used to wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and usually leave for work really early. And that really messed up my, my clock, my internal clock, um, so I, I tend not to sleep in. I was even surprised that I was able to come back and sleep from like nine until like one, one thirty. Yeah, I, it's rare. I think that people like you. What you're describing, I, I it's maybe it's uh, not that way, but I think you probably the time that you do spend sleeping, I'm guessing, is a better, more restful sleep. Uh, you sleep deeply, I think, and I, I'm just one of those people that, um, like I said, when I can tell myself to, you know, if I've got to be up at 5 a.m., uh, I can always manage to wake up at 4.55 and get out of bed. Uh, right. But I think 
those nights, though, I'm and probably uh, I'm half asleep the whole night, you know, so I can probably never really drop it into the deep REM thing. And uh, so it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, I think, probably. I was using one of those sleep apps for a little while, and uh, my sleep was all over the place. I mean, over the you know last couple of years, um, especially right after I got separated and uh, divorced, you know, I would I would stay up really late. I wouldn't. I would. It was very restless sleep, and then, um, you know. But then I don't know if the Fitbit may have had a sleep monitor as well. But the Apple Watch doesn't have. You have one now, right? Right. Yeah. I think you actually actually have to actively put it in, open up the sleep app, and wear the watch. You know, there was one that I was, yeah, yeah, there was a pretty good one that I would put underneath my pillow and I kind of like that one. Um, but I probably should start monitoring it again because it's good to, uh, you know, it's one of the important things, you know, water, yes, water, Water, eat well and sleep. Yeah. And movement. Uh, yeah. So with the Apple watch and the, the thing for me that, uh, doesn't work for the sleep monitor part is you always got to charge it. It's like a daily charge thing. It is true. That's what I charge it at night. I mean, like right now I have been wearing it. Let's see. Uh, I'm at 91% actually. Cool. So, but that's why I probably took it off when I got back from picking up Kylie and then charged it. And so I've only been wearing it for about, I don't know, seven hours. Yeah, the mine it'll go all day, no problem. But when I get to the you know uh, end of the night, I can tell it's it's not going to go two days. So it just makes sense to take it off right. at night. And, yeah, you know, just it. take it off. Yeah, that way you're not waking yourself up when the light comes on and all that stuff either. Yeah, so. bedside table. Just yeah. put it over to the just side. Pop it over there. So this, I don't know. This uh, in Iowa, uh, we don't have. Not saying we don't have, uh, you know, people that vary from one another. We obviously do, I think, anywhere in the United States. <laughs> but um, you, there's certain things that you probably don't really see very often, and uh, if, if at all. And so yesterday I had an experience, and uh, it was it was kind of unnerving. I, I, I didn't care for it. So uh, I was uh, we're in this store. Rachel and I were uh, doing some uh, shopping at this place, and uh, come around the corner, and there's this kid standing. There. I say kid, he's probably 20 years old. This this dude standing there, and uh, he's got his hair. He's got he basically you know shaved his head, uh, and, uh, and then I get to looking at him a little bit more, and I notice he's got. Uh, black uh, like uh, cargo pants that look kind of police style cargo pants these black and I'm like cargo pants who the fuck wears cargo pants anyway uh, why do you have all you know, you know I'm, I just question why I don't know that's one other thing cargo do you, do you really need to bring your cargo anyway so I'm looking at the <laughs> black cargo pants and uh-huh. I notice he's got on these like jack boots these like lace up fucking big ass black boots and he's got uh-huh. the, the shit tucked into his boots and then I look up and he's got like this military style jacket on and I see on the on the shoulder there's like some kind of a patch with I, I, I couldn't tell exactly but I think it was some kind of an A maybe or something I'm not sure anarchy it's either anarchy, but I, here's the reason I don't think it was anarchy, is because his, I think, I'm just guessing it has to be his father is with him, and dad is 50-ish, and he's got long hair, uh, but he, 
he's got a lot of even you know around his neck and stuff. I see a lot of tats. He's got a lot of uh, just black tats, kind of look like prison tats. And uh, he's got this coat on that's got the same thing on his arm. Now, either yeah. when, when I see the anarchy thing, I think makes me think of you know, like punk music and right. and uh, you know whatever that sort of scene. But I think what I was seeing here was some kind of fucking uh, skinhead, white nationalist, fucking Aryan nation or some shit like that. And uh, I got it was just uh, it just I don't know I, I had I was reviled. Uh, I felt a little bit almost intimidated, maybe a little bit, by looking at these two fucks, and uh, it just I, I was like, and then I also was a, a little bit angry because I even though I shouldn't, I start thinking about um, how is this uh, a thing now where people feel like they can walk around and just kind of flaunt it, and uh, you know. You, you got to, at least me, what my mind went to is, you know, current state of politics and some of the shit that's gone on. Uh, and I just, fuck me. I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, and I don't see uh, how people walk around like that without either having to get in a fight with somebody or just getting their ass kicked. You know, isn't somebody, you know, going to kick their ass <laughs> for, for, for flaunting it more than anything? How close did you get to them? Uh, how close was I? Um, yeah. well, we walked right by him. I was, I was just a couple feet away, you know. When I and I, I realized I was staring at this kid. I was like, you know, because and I had probably had this "what the fuck" kind of look on my face, like, "What am I seeing here?" And uh, there was no, uh, you know, there was no no uh, threat or anything like that. It's just uh, just my, it shit that was going on in my own head, you know. It was like uh, I, I guess the thing that flashed in my head right away was uh, uh, that movie uh, with the. Uh, uh, the, the dude goes to jail for uh, he's like a white uh, nationalist KKK guy, and he puts. Oh, oh, uh, with uh, Edward Norton. Yeah, Edward Norton. And yeah, yeah, that's that's the fuck. Uh, what is that movie? <laughs> we We're again. doing it again. We're doing it. We I've been pretty good. Like I was listening a little yeah. bit to us, and I'm like, shit. I, I actually got a lot of information. I got the movie. I got the actor. I got the thing. I was like, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. American Hicks, American History X. Sorry, and I didn't even use my phone for that. Oh, um, good, good. It yeah, just took American me a moment. History X. I, and I, yeah. I just reminded me of those people yeah. in that movie, and I was like, "Really? This is fucking <laughs> Iowa, in, you know?" In right. But but are you sure? Are you sure that's what was going on? I, I well, not a hundred percent, but I'm, I was uh -huh. trying to. If, if it seemed like to me, I don't know, with that that garb, it seemed like. Uh, did you did you go on Cedar Rapids Patch? Did you go onto that website? You know, do you have one uh, of those? You I, don't have that. I didn't try to Google it or look the dude up or try to do any. Uh, yeah, do you do I you have find that? a nice white nationalist group in Cedar Rapids that I can belong to? You know, <laughs> they've got to have a website, don't they? Got to be recruiting. Those places recruit a lot, I think, don't they? Do you have that? The the patch. The uh, it's like a uh, a local like online website for your oh, town yeah we have something like that on oh, my wife like they do it for neighborhoods and kind of reports on stuff right. that's going on in, in the neighborhood uh there is uh and i can't remember what it's called i i got the invite to join it and i was on it for like a day and i was like i can't this is there way too much lost cats and all that kind of shit that uh, i don't want to hear about or read about but um and my wife pays attention to it this morning when we got up she said um somebody had spray painted um using white spray paint had gone around near our neighborhood and spray painted a bunch of cars and uh i was like really and then we as we were going about our stuff today doing our things we I went by this black pickup truck and i see it with white spray paint on the side of it somebody painted whore on the side of it 
and then I see this guy's truck and they wrote have a nice day and put a smiley face but on his truck uh they did it on the wind like on the window on the side window so at least he could get it off the window I suppose with a razor blade or something but the car was like and I guess there's yeah, a bunch of that. Maybe it's related. Maybe it's the guy with the fucking jack boots uh, <laughs> doing something. I don't know, but no, it wasn't like a direct threat or anything at all like that. It's just like I don't know. I yeah, so you you mentioned you mentioned anarchy and and punk and uh, and it, I listened to a podcast this past weekend. You know, I you know I listened to the NPR app a lot, right? And uh, and sometimes while you're listening to the news, and I get really bored with the news sometimes they'll promote a podcast like they do an ad and then they promote a podcast and if you want to hear that podcast you i run over to the phone and i tap it and they did one i forgot what the name of the podcast was but it was about the guitarist for iggy and the stooges okay who who basically wrote all of the music for raw power his name is kevin armstrong okay and the whole story was he left after that record and touring he stopped. He left. Like, he just was done. And he he got into computers, and he went back to school. Like, this is a guy that, like, went to five different high schools, this whole thing. It wasn't drugs. It wasn't a thing. He just totally walked away from it. And uh, I think over the last five or six years, he started touring with a band again. But the thing that was amazing is, is like, that sound on Raw Power did not exist, right? So, you know, it, and you're like, how do you do that? And he was just this off the grid guy that just didn't give a fuck and he just played whatever he wanted. He didn't play like, you know, you go to a guitar center and, you know, someone will be playing, they'll be playing like Smells Like Teen Spirit or they'll be playing like Stairway to Heaven, like all the shit you shouldn't play. He never right. did, whatever whatever the equivalent to that was back in the late 60s, early 70s, he didn't do that. He just made his own fucking sound. You know, so I I don't know the history of punk, but apparently that album and when they toured and when they toured in the UK, like had an impact on the Clash and like had a lot of, I mean before the Ramones. I mean apparently the Ramones had an impact on the Clash and all these like UK punk bands but uh but i was listening to it i'm like holy fuck that was 1973 have you ever seen the uh, documentary uh, a band called death i have seen part of it and i don't really so, remember a lot about it but I, yeah it's really good actually it's really because again they that was around the same time it's the black kids. three black three black dudes uh i think they were brothers young and there was just one guy yeah, young dudes that that just and there was just one guy who was like the musical genius. He ended yeah. up dying relatively young, right? But it, it it didn't sound like anything else that was around, you know. Like I was yeah. like, I, I, I wanted Cameron to listen to this podcast. I wanted my son because I'm like, like, how do you do that, right? Like all art like seems derivative of something, yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. There, in an alternate universe, there were two white dudes just like us talking about some bullshit that's just like us who gives a fuck it's just, it's really challenging to come up with something original and different just you know there are a couple of there are people out there there's some music out there that's like oh wow you know like have you ever listened to ty siegel no i have not he's pretty good he was on a uh, marin had him on he's a relatively young kid i think he's under 30 but he, he's pretty prolific i mean he's put out a lot of albums and as a matter of fact because i was getting so sick of the of npr um, I decided to, I said, you know what I want to check out? I had a passenger a couple of weeks ago and he was a uh, Indian guy, but British. And he was talking about he, something on uh, BBC 
I was like, you know, and, and it hit me. Yeah, you know what? I should download it. BBC has to have an app. And sure enough, they have a BBC radio player. And I don't know how many channels there are. So they link to podcasts. So it's similar to NPR One. And they have, um, it was BBC Six, Iggy Pop hosted a show. And it was just music that I'd never heard before. Like there's this dude, Clams Casino, who's like a New Jersey producer, and he's pro- produced a bunch of hip hop. Like a 27 year old kid, and he played that. And then there was this band that was like this, like kind of like New Zealand, like folk indie kind of band. But now they've got a new project with this like 17 year old girl, like from Japan, who was a fan of their music, came out to see them, and she can sing. So they like. They put out an album, and like almost everything that he played, I don't know what kind of producer he has, but almost everything he played was kind of new stuff, 2018, very similar to that um, that uh, Slingshot show that I, I shared with you, that uh, NPR show, like just new music. You go on Spotify, and it's like, how is it that this only has like 200,000 listens? It's right. pretty good, you know? It's like... You know, I, I've always struggled with how to discover new music and find stuff. But I'm like, fucking Iggy Pop's probably a good dude to do that, whether he's coming up with it or not. You know, even if it's a producer and it's just him, like, being Iggy Pop. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. Now, the other day, uh, we were uh, talking before we started about um, Lopez uh, and uh, Lopez Radio, another podcast that you and I yep, were yep. A guess on at one point here and uh he was uh he was talking on his show uh and uh, uh with the sheets they were talking about uh an artist and i was like they, they mentioned and uh, is it andrew wk oh no, no yeah yeah andrew yeah i know i know who he is yeah uh, yeah so when they said it i thought that that really sounds familiar and, and uh and it sheets is really into the into him mm-hmm. the way it sounded uh and i was like why have i heard that and then i realized that we have this really um small venue that is in eastern iowa it's a place called codfish hollow codfish hollow and what codfish hollow is it's it's a if you can imagine your quintessential uh farm in uh, nice rolling hills uh, and trees in, in Iowa, uh, and a little farmhouse popping up. Okay, and you drive into the farmhouse, and you drive around the back of the farmhouse, and the there's a big barn, uh, but not your regular uh, straight up and down kind of red barn, this thing. This is more like a half moon-shaped sort of thing that is just huge, and they have they have concerts in there. They have these shows in there. And so I realized after I uh, heard the name, I thought I was I thought was that the guy that's going to be a codfish owl? So I look, and he he's one of the people that they've got uh, a show coming up with him. It's sold out. Uh, it's, huh. uh, I'm not going to get in, but I start. I was trying to listen to some of his stuff, and uh, I was I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. So um, maybe I got to listen a little more. But um, I was like, okay. Apparently uh, the the show sold out real quick. Uh, hearing other people recommend him, but for whatever I've reason. never listened. I've never listened to him, but I, I mean, I remember when it came. I remember when he came out. Like so, apparently he, he was doing music when he was a teenager, and he had like an early career where he was doing music. Is he from Michigan? I don't know where he's fucking from. Um, but anyway, he's um, uh, someone I used to work with. Loved him, and. You know, I, I kind of think that he's got a performance uh, artist aspect to it. But the one thing that I always, anything I'd ever seen about him, read about him, like, he seemed like he was kind of a smart, cool, like, clever, doesn't give a fuck kind of guy. Now, I could yeah. be completely wrong about that. 
the videos that I saw that yeah that would yeah that would be exactly what the videos look like. Right. And I think the one thing that Sheets had said was something about was something about um some spoken word shit. And uh yeah, I actually listened to that episode. You see, Jeremy, I listen sometimes. Not to the whole thing. <laughs> my daughter came in. You know, so whenever my if I if I have my daughter come into the pool house and I want her to help or any of my kids help me with something like I'm like I'm like, all right, they're coming she's going to help me like fold some sheets and like pack stuff up. She's 13. If I have NPR one playing, no fucking way. <laughs> if I have these two other dudes that pretty much don't sound that much different than you and I, in some ways, except that they're way more into gaming. Like when I, when I hear Twitch, I'm just like, I start to shake, you know, my eyes blink. I know what it is, but I've never really been on Twitch, you know? Um, you know, like I can't talk big Lebowski for as long as they did. No. Um, you know, I, but so I turned that off. So I didn't, I kind of got right around, I just got past the W, uh, but, and I realized that, uh, while, while, uh, Sheets was drinking some kind of, I don't know what the fuck he was drinking. He was like, I think he was drinking white Russian. And, um, I guess, uh, Jeremy Lopez got a, has a milk issue. Um, he's got a milk thing. So he was actually drinking, uh, uh, Tito's and soda, which is what I've been drinking. I actually heard me pouring it on the last episode. <laughs> um, I didn't. I don't have any. I ran out. This giant bottle. It's probably lasted me like you know six weeks, but uh, I uh, I don't have any more. So I stole a Stella from my ex-wife. There was one Stella <laughs> in the refrigerator. I went inside to oh. to, to say goodnight to the kids and because they were studying and eating dinner and. And then I said to Kylie, I was like, Kylie, I found your necklace because I've been cleaning the pool house and getting there. I was like, you know, that necklace I got you with the little turtle. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she, you found that? Because it's $150, little cute little thing on a leather. And uh, she went back in the house and I said to myself, oh, fuck. I told Colin to be a few minutes before we start recording. It's probably been like at least 20. I was like, let me run in. And I ran in and I they heard me come in. I'm sure they did. And I reached in, and I didn't want my ex-wife to catch me. She's like, are you taking that beer? Like, at some point, I don't know how much she drinks. There's not a lot of alcohol in the house, but, like, I stole her beer. <laughs> Camel's got his nose in there. That's right. I'm like, I'm like I, and after this, fuck it, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to, uh, I'm actually going to go over to um, Whole Foods and, and grab, like, a six-pack or something. And I've got, like, seven, like, Oscar-nominated movies here, and uh, I want your help. Okay. So, I tried to watch Sneaky Pete, uh, season two of Sneaky Pete on uh, Amazon. Have you watched that? Uh, I have started the first episode of that like three times now, and I've fallen asleep every single time. Not because it was bad; it's just because I'm I'm just okay. Here's the challenge with the first episode. The first episode was done as a pilot, and it was done as a pilot that I think that they were trying to pitch to like CBS or something. Like you mean season one, the first one, or like season, season one, the oh. very first pilot. So get, get keep in mind this the the, fir- the pilot was shot even though they're only in season two. Was shot like four years ago or something okay. like that. So not to say that Amazon, Netflix, Hulu weren't where they are now. It, it there was still like you you make a pilot and you pitch it to the networks and HBO and Showtime and everyone. But this was shot in a way that it was like it had commercial breaks, right? Like it felt that way. It didn't, and it ramps up quickly and it's like you got to get past season one i like it a lot and giovanna ribisi is very good um and it, it's it's a great a really good concept and i did enjoy it season yeah. two i turned on the other night it was friday night now keep in mind i had been up 
since 2 a.m. So it's Friday night. It's like it's not that late. It's only about 9 o'clock, and I'm exhausted. I'm just like, and I, so I ended up falling asleep a few minutes into episode one, season two. And next thing I know, I woke up and it was like, you know, they just keep playing. It yeah. was like episode three. I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to start this over. But I don't think I'm, I, I, I don't think my head's there right now. So uh, I've got a bunch of movies in my hand. I've got uh, Blade Runner. Okay. New 2049. One. Right. I want to see it's that. two hours and forty five minutes. Wow, okay, these are standard deaf DVDs. I'm not going to talk about how I got them, but I've got them in my hands. Okay. I didn't get Ladybird. They were uh, these are the for your consideration DVDs. That's all you need to know. Um, uh, these are going to be destroyed after I watch them because that's the law. That's how it works. Uh, here it is, the Florida Project. Do you know anything about this movie? Heard of it? I don't know really anything about it though. All right, so. Uh, Let's see. Uh, a Brooklyn Prince, best actress. I guess she wasn't nominated. Uh, she, she, uh, a nobody, like not known. Um, Brooklyn with two N's at the end. Um, best supporting actor, Willem Dafoe. So what my friend told me, um, what my friend told me is that uh, it feels like a '90s independent film. Hmm, could be good. Um, and it's a twenty-four. A twenty-four is that like a twenty-four is a. Uh, a production company, film company that I see all over the place. Pretty good stuff. But uh, it's, uh, and actually, it's interesting. The best sound mixing, Carl Anderson, best sound editing, Carl Anderson. I actually know Carl Anderson. I think the very first uh, short film I produced, the guy did sound for us. That was cool. back in 1994. Uh, Wonderstruck, Amazon Studios. Um, that's, uh, what's her name? Um, I love her. She's fantastic. What's, what's the woman, the actress? Julianne Moore. Um, I don't know much about it. You know anything about it? I don't know anything about that one either. Huh. I do not. Todd Haynes. Todd Haynes. Do you know who he is? I do not. Uh, he directed the movie Safe, which had Julianne Moore. Very uncomfortable films. He may have actually done that um, Karen Carpenter movie. You know the Karen Carpenter story with the Barbie dolls? Yeah, yeah from, I do. I've seen that. I, I think. think he may have directed that. I could be wrong about that. But uh, now I don't know if I'm up for that. Sicario, now this is from 2015. This yeah. is some years old. Did you watch that? I have seen that, yeah, a couple and? times. And? It, yeah, it's fantastic. He said it's really good. I mean, Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, and Josh Brolin. And actually the director, uh, Denis Vin- Villeneuve, the French guy. Yes. He directed something big. He's probably really good so that's probably visually very good and a good story uh i tanya uh tanya harding movie yes and i've heard of that but haven't seen it. you haven't seen it yeah yeah so this one uh allison janney um is in it and she's amazing she used to be on the west wing yeah, uh one of the movies one of the movies for that role she I believe, did i believe that was the role she was in that she won the oscar she won an oscar oh yeah she did win an oscar she, did. she w- so she won best supporting and um and francis mcdormand won best actress Correct. I yeah. believe that's how it works. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I worked on a movie that she was in. She was in uh, The Ice Storm. Ang Lee directed. Uh, Kevin Klein, um, Sigourney Weaver. I don't know if awesome. you ever saw that movie. Pretty good. Uh, and then two. And then I have two movies. I think these are the two I'm leaning toward right now. Downsizing. Are you familiar with that one? I am not that's familiar with that one. Alexander oh, yes, Payne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, Matt Damon mm-hmm. and Kristen Wiig. Okay. And uh, where basically you basically get shrunk down yeah. to like a miniature person and you have all the riches, all the stuff, you know, 
Um, except you're tiny. Except you're tiny. So yeah. it, it's a whole process. I think that one would have done better box office in a big way. Like Matt Damon's kind of caught up in all the Me Too, uh, Harvey Weinstein stuff, and I think they they pushed it. Did it come it. out after? Did it come out after some of yeah, his stuff yeah, where he yeah. got caught up? Really? Yeah. So, I did, yeah, it was really bad timing. And uh, I yeah. saw the trailers for it, and every time I saw the trailers, I was like, I kind of want to see that. I kind of like that one. Yeah, like like I, I and my friend. So my friends, uh, my friend Patty, the one that um, created that TV show, and now she's got four more episodes that she's doing. Yes, uh, she told me that it felt like two different movies. Like she kind of liked it, but it was kind of felt like two movies. So, okay. uh, not in a in a, um, in a you know a Full Metal Jacket kind of way, right. right? Like like Full Metal Jacket is two separate movies, but they're both the the first part's so much better. I like the first part of it, but they're both good. And then finally, uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Ebbing. I thought it was Ebbing's, Ebbing, Ebbing Missouri. One, yeah, Ebbing, Missouri. Great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, I think that may be the one. Yeah, if you're gonna watch one first, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lady Bird was the other one, but I, I don't know. Um, I wasn't able to get my hands on that one. Uh, um, I'll have to go back to uh, my source. I enjoyed that uh, one as well. Yeah. All right. So maybe it's. Uh, Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. You know what my favorite part about talking about this right now is that as anyone, especially people that know me, listen, they have feedback. And it'll be too late. They'll send me a text. You should watch. No, it's too late. I already watched that one. Sorry. Starting yeah, off fuck you. Or you're going to do what you want to do, actually. I, I would guess, probably. Right. Now, the the other thing about the uh, Sheets and uh, Lopez, uh, they were talking about a new podcast they want to do. Oh, yeah, they had the idea um, that they would, uh, they would... Top 500 albums. Top 500. Uh, okay. I kind of like the concept, uh, but 500, I mean, you're going to... I mean, you'd want to do a lot of podcasts, but that's a lot, <laughs> That's a long commitment. Uh, right. I don't think you start at 500. I yeah. think you go to 25. Yeah. <laughs> you well, go to 25. Maybe go to 10. 50 or 100. Uh, you know, 100. Right, you, right. You, if you did right. 100 and you did one a week, you know, it's a couple years right. worth of shows. So... Uh, so and you got to get the you got to get the album. You got to listen to it. I, I and I saw something today that blew me away. There was a guy that died today. Uh, that um, he was an album cover designer, an art guy, and uh, this guy has been. Uh, I should look up the name, but anyway, he uh, designed the uh, album cover for so many of the. Uh, of the uh, different albums that were out like during the 60s and 70s, all the Eagles stuff, um, the Doors, Morrison Hotel, um, a bunch of these. I mean, like an overwhelming number of them. Uh, this guy was the guy to go to. And I, I guess I, I guess I should have figured that there was, um, you know, somebody like that that existed. Gary but, Burden. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking him up now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and also the other thing when I'm thinking about some of these album covers, there is kind of a similarity in the way they're laid out a little bit, somewhat. Uh, but man, quite a you know. And you, a lot of times you think about music or you think about whatever. All you, you know, you don't go too far down the chain as far as thinking about you know what uh, the importance of what it is. You're just thinking about the artists and you're thinking about um, you know uh, maybe the sound or the mixing or something like that but uh especially now because we don't really have albums per se right. we don't really get caught too much into the thinking about the album cover but this guy left quite a legacy of covers holy shit well album albums were great because it did have 
all that artwork. Yes, it had credits. Yeah. Like, if you started to listen to the same type of artists, and you started to listen, you would read the liner notes. You'd pick up. You'd see who the producer was, who the engineer was. You could, you could kind of go. It's not what the internet is. It's not what Spotify is. Nobody's telling you what to find. But you could start to discover stuff, even if you don't have a cool older brother, neighbor, uncle cool parents you can just start to discover stuff through this like web of you know of people that work like-minded people yes that make yeah. cool shit yeah you know i mean i would spend uh, you know i would spend a lot of time like reading all that stuff and looking at the album art and if there was like a booklet inside you know yeah and that is exactly how you you know how maybe how difficult it was to figure out um, things about whatever subject you were looking at. I was watching uh, on Access TV. I was uh, watching that the other night, and they have they do full run movies there without commercial interruption. Um, it's I think Mark Cuban owns that network, but they had um, all the President's Men was on with uh, Dustin Hoffman and uh, what's the other guy? Pretty Robert guy. Redford. Robert Redford. There you go. Yep, and. Uh, was they're going through the process of trying to figure out that whole you know what was going on there and the people that they had you know the reporters and they're calling people and they're trying to take notes and they're trying to gather all this information it was driving me nuts because i was like and i just because of thinking they can't google anything they, they're like for one guy they were just trying to figure out um, they they heard the guy's last name and somebody had been involved in the state department and he had kind of a you know, i can't remember it, was, it wasn't a real normal signing last name uh but they were trying to figure out his first name. They had to go through all this process of trying to call people and, uh, you know, do all these tricks and things that they were trying to do to figure out somebody's just get their first name. <laughs> and in today's world, you know, we're just yeah, just Google that shit. You know, it's like, wow, we've got it easy. Compared to so so I, I'm looking, I'm looking up some of his work. So this guy Gary Burden, and the first thing I did, Gary Burden album covers, Google search, and Morrison Hotel. Okay. Yeah. It's honestly it's perfect. It's a great The picture. album cover is fucking perfect. Yeah. Like everything about it. Like the font on Morrison Hotel, the way it's like where they're sitting, like passenger loading, everything about it, where the blinds are. And and I realize now uh, albums are are square. <laughs> Why are there like nobody had it there must be an Instagram account that has album covers, right? Uh, yeah, there are. And you remember, remember, I was like, got obsessed with yacht rock. Yeah, yeah. For half a minute, yeah. I, I because there was a station on uh, on satellite radio, Sirius XM, called Yacht Rock. And I remember the first time I discovered that that was a station was when uh, I had some passengers that were probably like eh, probably in their mid fifties, a little bit older than me, you know. And they were, and they, I said, "You want? What do you want to play for music?" They were a little drunk, you know. They had a good time. They're out on a Saturday night, and uh, I said, "I have satellite radio. Hey, whatever you want. Hey, I just play what you want. No, it's your ride. You play Yacht Rock." And they knew the channel, like Channel Twenty Six, whatever it was. I put it on it. Like it's like Christopher Cross. It's like all this shit that I'm like a lot of Donald Fagan, and uh, you know. And so um, I remember someone was upset. Uh, someone posted on Facebook about Yacht Rock not being a station or something like that, and someone posted, "Oh no, there's a Spotify playlist," and I had to go to it. And I like some of the music, but it was like a lot of like stuff I hadn't heard. The album covers are the fucking best. I'm obsessed with how fucking 
weird they are right it was that like kind of like late 70s like to early mid 80s a weird time for music and the same thing with the art like they don't know what they were doing it was it's amazing so yeah his work is good yeah pretty amazing and it just you know definitely that's a guy that i think should end up in the rock and roll hall of fame for for no question yeah um after the gold rush that's a good album cover yeah neil young he did a bunch of the eagles did a bunch of crosby stills nash and young or neil young stuff he i'm trying to remember what all else was in the mix there uh um mamas and the papas i believe cass elliott i think he did some stuff oh yeah this crosby stills and nash uh album i think it's just uh it's just the three of them sitting on a couch like an old couch outside of a house like my mom had that record like wow yeah it's pretty amazing Oh, you know, Queen 2, which is a great album cover, where Freddie Mercury's down at the bottom, and he's got his arms crossed in front of his chest. He's got no mustache, and the rest of the guys are right above him. It's like, the, the it's really good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, I got to read up on this guy. I'm uh, impressed. Yeah, I was too, and I up until today, I had no idea. Just Where'd you hear about it? Oh, I just ran across a story on somewhere, you know, just flipping huh. through the internet, and boom, it just popped up. And I thought, well, that is just amazing because these are <laughs> these are covers that uh, album covers that I've spent a lot of time looking at, like you said. Yeah, uh, bridge over bridge over troubled water. Like uh, you know how Paul Simon is really short and our Garfunkel is really tall. <laughs> and, like they're out on the street, and it's like you just see from like Garfunkel's nose up to his curly hair, just standing directly behind Paul Simon. It's really good fantastic stuff yeah. uh but when 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 uh when sheets and lopez were talking about um doing this show the top 500 albums whatever it is you know the 15 minute episode whatever they're gonna do um they were talking about doing it it was like you know what? i haven't really played around with uh, that app that we met uh, one another on but anchor seems like the best way to go because they have the thing with spotify yeah, they do. It's where you can actually roll in music and yeah, push out your episode. It yeah. seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, because um, you know, we talked about this on the show. If you use somebody's uh, copyrighted material, uh, like the lead-in thing that we've got is something that's uh, not a copywritten piece of music, or it, it is, it's, it's available for, for free use. But if you're using any parts and pieces of music, um, it, it's illegal, basically. You're, uh, somebody's got to be paying uh, I guess it's still probably BMI and ASCAP, I think, are the two. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to play with that. I mean, no. so it's the, the, what we use in the beginning of the show is freemusicarchive.org. Yes. And uh, part of the uh, agreement is that yeah, you, you should promote it. So promote it. Uh, and, and who are the artists again? I forgot their names. Uh, the Impossibles. Yeah. Right, but it's Posse. It's I M P O S S E. It took me forever to find it. Even though you had mentioned it and I talked to it, I was like, fuck. Yeah, you did a good job fucking, you know, sniffing that out. Because their other stuff's okay, but that's by far, I think, the best yeah. hook. Chuck D project. I didn't see anything about Chuck D being involved with that. I, he was at the onset, I guess. I'm not sure if they're still doing stuff, I, I guess, from what I've been able to read. But uh, I'm not sure that he's got any involvement at all with it any anymore these days. But I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think their idea is solid that you could do whatever you pick. Like I said, for me, I don't, wouldn't try to bite off 500. Uh, and part of the reason I wouldn't do that is because you want to get to the good stuff and talk about that you know, as quickly as possible. And if you've got a 
I'm not saying that if you're a top 500 album, it's not going to be good, but there, there's going to be a lot more obscurity and things that are in some of those, um, you know, in the upper reaches of the uh, of those. So, I mean, I didn't even really look, but I think if you got down to the top 50, you'd have a pretty solid group. And I'm sure there's things that, uh, and I've listened to a lot of a lot of music, but I'm sure if we got to the top 50, there's a ton of stuff there that I, I haven't listened to. Uh, and so you want to give it due diligence, be able to sit down. Like you said, if you had a, a some place where, like you said, Anchor's got that deal worked out so that you can play music or snippets uh, or the whole thing on uh, on their platform and it can still get pushed out to the world legally, um, that would be that would be a great way to do it. And uh, but yeah, it'd be a learning experience. Uh, you know, if you really want to figure out, you know, okay, I'm going to force myself to sit down and listen to this artist that uh, I think Sheet said that. There was somebody I can't remember. Oh, uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, oh yeah, he's yeah. Yeah, he didn't he didn't do Bob Dylan. Yeah, and Dylan's got. He, I think he said two in the top ten, which to me makes sense. And yeah, uh, he does. Uh, the Beatles have a lot in the top ten. Uh, yeah, but Bob Dylan, expect? Highway sixty one revisited, yeah. and then uh, Blonde on Blonde number See, nine and if, number four. Even if you don't like Dylan, you know, just straight up Bob Dylan, there's so many artists that um, I'm guessing people uh, that would say that, uh, they would say they don't like Bob Dylan, but then they would, uh, if you could mention some of the artists that were so heavily influenced by them, they would maybe like those. And as an example, oh. the first thing that comes to mind with me with Bob Dylan is Tom Petty. Pop, uh-huh. Tom Petty was so much in homage to Bob Dylan with everything he did. It was just amazing. Did a really good job of it. He didn't sound too corny, but all of his... Uh, all of his stuff had had some bit well, of Dylan-esque sort of thing going on. Bob Dylan to me is he's punk rock, and that he doesn't he didn't give a fuck at any point. <laughs> he really didn't give a fuck to no. this day. That dude, and it's not. I don't think it's because of his success. I think that's just who the guy is, man. He's just a fucking out there like just poet, artist, fucking evolved changes like. Uh, fuck you! I'm going to do something different now. Yeah, and he's uh, he's had a, a variety of ways that he's done things, and uh, I think pretty much it's all worked. Um, he was at a he did a show here in Cedar Rapids that <laughs> it was at this baseball. We have a Triple A baseball uh, stadium, and uh, I can't remember who else was on the bill, but uh, Bob Dylan was on the. Uh, I think he was the headliner, uh, probably right. was. But um, it was kind of a stupid place. They've only had a couple of shows there a couple of concerts and it the the way they did it you know they kind of put the stage out um just past the infield and so you had some standing that was you know you could stand on the on the you know the field you know the, the first through third baseline that area that standing there and then the stage was just past that and then all the seating that went around the whole place you, know, you could sit sit there so i mean as far as just the general layout sounds like it would be okay but um for some reason it just i don't know i i, I didn't think it worked as a venue and uh dylan was so horrible at that show it was just he just uh like i said did not giving a fuck thing he didn't even look at the audience for uh, <laughs> about like half the show he was just turning around he was talking it was just like for him it seemed like he was just doing a jam session and he was just going to play out some stuff with the guys in the band and they were it was like they were having this casual sort of thing that they were doing and they did not give two shits <laughs> <laughs> that anybody was watching <laughs> it was like, right right okay. it was just weird it was very strange so 
but that said, I, I love the I love a lot of the stuff that he does. But uh, and I've heard it's real hit or mess or hit or miss like that with him in concert. Sometimes he's very engaged and and tries to really you know uh, do his thing for the audience. But then sometimes you you get a night where it was like what we saw, and he was like, I don't I don't give a shit. You know, I'm sure he does. Right. Yeah, so the, the, some of the bands that Iggy Pop played on that BBC station, BBC Six Music, uh, I mean, he played Peace Frog by The Doors. That was his second song up. But you could see, like, all the songs he plays in the app. And there was this, there were these guys, the uh, the Boogie Boys um, from Halifax, Nova Scotia. And it's it's B-O-O-J-I, the Boogie Boys. Okay. Um, pronounced, I believe that's pronounced Boogie Boys. It comes from somewhere else. Uh, and uh, they were pretty good. Punk, just, just raw sound. There's a guy, Bobby Bird, who may have done some stuff with um, with uh, James Brown. Right. Uh, saying it and doing it are two different things. Oh, shit, I should fucking take that to heart. Um, <laughs> that's all I fucking do is say shit. Don't mean it's going to happen. Yeah, there's some good stuff. A dude named Lee Morgan. Uh, he uh, plays trumpet. Okay. Uh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, you should uh, check it out. Um, I, you know, I have to be uh, very, very honest about this. As far as the whole punk uh, thing goes, I, I, I'm not that well versed in it. I'm re- really not. I, Neither am I. You know, there's I've been a few bands, a few songs that have popped along. Um, that I thought were like really pretty brilliant. I kind of got into a, a song itself. Like there's a song called um, "Bro Him," "Bro Him Tribute" um, by a band called uh, Pennywise uh, that I thought was really awesome. Uh, that was from like probably the '90s, maybe I guess uh-huh. somewhere in that right, early '90s. Which at that phase in in history, there was some of these punk bands that sounded. Uh, a little bit like uh, some of the hardcore uh, uh, emo bands that were kind of doing the same thing, but uh, right. And, and I think uh, you and I have talked about like the Parquet Courts, and not that they're uh, fucking uh, punk, but that song "Stoned and Starving." Great song, great song. I yeah. like that song a lot. I mean, there's a lot. There's just stuff that you're like, that's all right. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm not like a punk guy. I'm just not going to listen to punk because it's punk and what it was when it started is very different than what it may have been with those like emo bands and like you know i mean there are plenty of green day songs i like you know yeah. there are a couple of blink 182 songs that i like and like even like rancid before them like i liked some songs here and there but i didn't go deep with it you know like i remember when i was a kid i was more of a metal head because i'm you know I'm, i was like in the 80s i was like into iron maiden and like merciful fate and king diamond and all kinds of weird fucking metal do and um but i had some friends that kind of they would veer into punk and like bands like seven seconds like suicidal tendencies but like the bass player from suicidal tendencies is the bass player for uh robert uh trujillo trujillo i can't pronounce the name you did well um i can repeat it like a parrot that ladies and gentlemen is our show let's let mr big voice take us out 
Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we talk.